team. Great reminders. Um, I always find it interesting that uh, as Zach chooses the songs and we continue in our study of God's Word, uh, I get feedback from some of you sometimes that you felt like that song was for you or that message was for you or that I was preaching to you. Uh, Sometimes we are. Uh, Sometimes we are. But most of the time we're not. And God is doing His work uh, to minister to you right where you're at right now. Uh, so think it, it, don't think that it's a mistake uh, when God begins to speak to you, uh, and th- this is His work, and so we're thrilled to be a part of it. Turn in your Bibles to First Thessalonians chapter two. First uh, Thessalonians chapter two. As we go to God's Word uh, this morning. Um, I want to tell you, I want to warn you, this is how you hear the gospel message. This is how it should be shared. Uh, This is the kind of philosophy or ministry or life that you want to live. Uh, As I'm going to share with you today, how Paul brought the gospel to the church in the city of Thessalonica. And uh, I want to back up just a step before we get rolling this morning and say this. Uh, you need the gospel. You need the gospel. And you need the gospel personally for your life right now, whatever's going on. It's not something that you'll need if you get into trouble. Uh, For those of you who are young, it's not something that you'll need when you're old and ready to die. And for those of you who are older, it's not something for the young who are naive and need a crutch. It's something you need. It's something you need. And so as we think today about how Paul and uh, Silas and Timothy, they went, uh, we're talking missionary journeys, they went to different places to share this message. Uh, They went there because the people in those cities needed it. Uh, just as people in the great city of Tehachapi need the gospel today. You know why? Because their sins accuse them. Their sins accuse them. That their sin in their own heart, and they struggle with different uh, issues of pride and selfishness and uh, different addictions and different uh, things of their past and their present. And, and they need Jesus. And it's a message. It's a message of good news, but it's about the person of Jesus. And so uh, I want to tell you, I want to stop you uh, in the midst of this morning and just say, wherever you're at, I realize you got stuff going on apart from here. Um, I realize that some of you are even bothered by the details of your week coming up. You're concerned about something that's going to happen at Tuesday at 1030 or something like that. Uh, I want to tell you, we're on Sunday morning. Forget about Tuesday, okay? Uh, We're going to talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ, the message that the Father had in His Son, Jesus. And Paul is going to share with us uh, an example of how you share it, how you share this message, how how you go about doing uh, gospel work. And this work, uh, I want to tell you, it's for moms. It's for moms as they share the gospel with their children. 
It's for grandmas as they write those cards. Put money in there, but make sure you put some words as well, okay? Uh, it's about those phone calls. It's about uh, dads as they think, and we're going to talk about dads. You know, next week's Father's Day. That was a commercial. That was a commercial. Remember Father's next week, uh, Father's Day, at least in the morning, okay, or something for lunch maybe. Um, as we think about this, it, this, this idea of how do we share the gospel? How do we be a part of this message going forward? That's what Paul was doing. As he went on his travels, uh, he didn't say, you know, I, I really like to travel. That's why I'm going on these journeys. He, it wasn't because he liked to travel. <laughs> he wasn't saying, you know, I, I've never been to Thessalonica. I hear it's by the sea. Maybe we should uh, go there and spend some time. I love the beach. Uh, this wasn't what was driving him. What was driving him is the sharing of the gospel to people who needed it. And it's this idea that uh, we go, we go and we share, not necessarily to another place, another town, but that is part of it as well, but that we are about the advancement of the gospel to those who don't know. And that includes your kids, your grandkids, your neighbors, your co-workers, the people in your extended family. These are the people that we should concern ourselves with. And as God gives us opportunity and plants in our heart to continue to go. And so we're going to have some methods here this morning that I think are uh, ones. We're only going to handle a couple of verses this morning, but I, I feel like these verses are so important uh, that I, I'd love you for you to commit them to memory. Uh, it shouldn't be hard. It shouldn't be hard because these words are so fabulous as they, they jump off the page at you and you can see a picture of what the gospel ministry is all about. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you the first half chapter of chapter two of first Thessalonians. And God's word says this for you yourselves know, brothers, that our coming to you was not in vain. But though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. For our appeal does not spring from error or impurity or any attempt to deceive, but just as we had been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak, not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. For we never came to you with words of flattery, as you know, nor with pretext for greed, God is witness. Nor did we seek the glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ. But we are gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. For you remember, brothers, our labor and toil, we work night and day, that we might not be a burden to any of you. While we proclaim to you the gospel of God, you are witness. And God also, how holy and righteous and blameless our conduct uh, toward you believers. For you know how like fathers we, uh, with his children, 
we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. God, we ask for your blessing on your word. Best that your spirit would teach us now, even as the uh, Holy Spirit has inspired this word, that we might know that we might be changed. God, uh, align our hearts. Uh, may we not uh, be puffed up in pride, but that we might be your humble servants as we go about uh, doing your work. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to say it this way too. Uh, this gospel message is a generational thing. And when I say that, um, it's critical for that next generation. It's critical. Uh, you, you think about um, what holds your family together right now or what holds our country together or what holds uh, your business or whatever. It's most likely the older people there. It's most likely the experienced ones, the ones who know, the ones who have been educated, the ones who have been trained. And when you look at an organization or you look at a family or you look at a country, they're one generation from extinction. Uh, they're, they're just one generation. If, if there's no passing it down, once you remove those who know, once you remove those who have been trained, once you remove those who are the educated ones, uh, the, the next generation's left to do it without that. And so it's critical that we would be in this process all the time, all the time. Us as parents and grandparents and, and the church here, us as those who are older, uh, sharing with those who are younger in preparation for us being gone. <clears throat> Last week, uh, Paul was saying that our gospel did not come to you in vain, that it was powerful. It was worth it. It was something that was not worthless, but it was something worthwhile. And he's recounting his time with them, and he uh, is defending, really, his motives in that. I, I know that that's a difficult thing to do, and Paul was re reminding them, I didn't come to you uh, to make money. I didn't come to you to try to deceive you. I didn't say empty words to try to flatter you. I came uh, for you. And he, he's going to give us two examples. We're going to take one of them this morning. And it's kind of interesting. In fact, I feel like I've preached this on Mother's Day uh, because I have. Um, that Paul is connecting his coming to the church at Thessalonica with that of a loving mother. And so we look at God's Word and we want to understand uh, what it is to come as a loving mother in the Gospel. Uh, this will be easy for all of us to relate to because we've seen it before. We, some of you have experienced it firsthand. You have been that one uh, that has been that mother giving and being gentle uh, to your little infant child. Paul, as a gentle mom, I know that sounds weird, but I think it's important to say it that way. As you look down at God's Word, um, you'll see in verse 7, he, he's just finished up saying, we could have come as apostles of Christ. And last week, 
I, I, I talked about and I ended with this idea that he could have thrown down the apostle badge that said, I am an apostle. You have to listen to me. I outrank you. Um, I wanted to stop for a moment and talk about that word apostle. And the word apostle, uh, there's some other words in the scripture that come up in my mind that are kind of connected and similar. That, uh, that of angel, that of prophet, that of witness, that of deacon. Um, and, and what the picture is that you want to see this of every man apart from Jesus in the scripture, every man, every woman, every person that, that they are uh, insignificant, even the apostles. Okay. And there's a reason why. And, and, and some of you are going, well, the apostles, they wrote the scripture. They were something special. They were something special in that role that they played. But I want to give you this one picture. The, the apostle, the word means one sent, one sent, one sent by God. And so what happens is this, that the apostles in the New Testament, uh, Christ did his work and the apostles were sent out with that message. They were part of the plan of the Father and the Son sent out to establish this message. You know what an angel is? Messenger, messenger. Angels, sometimes uh, in our world today of mysticism, and uh, we like, you know, we got oh, angels that are powerful, and they're, you know, I, I sensed an angel and this and that. I want to tell you, even if we would be uh, visited by angels, I want to tell you, an angel is just a messenger. Just a messenger. Um, it, it's a postal worker, okay? You get that picture? Postal worker. The postal worker is important for one reason, that they deliver something. They're a messenger. They deliver that. And, and, and as you look to the Scripture, there's other words too. Prophet. Prophet. What does a prophet do? Message from God. Message from God. He delivers a message from God. Oh, here comes the prophet. He, 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 he's someone important. No. What makes him important is the message that he has been sent with. And even in the New Testament, the idea of uh, prophetic word, the, the idea is not that someone would bring a message, but that they would, what is the message? Who is it from? And that they would deliver it accurately. Even the word deacon, I thought of that word because that's a, a, the idea of a, a waiter, uh, someone who awaits on a table. And it's the idea of someone, you know, it's not about how great your waiter or waitress is. It's about how great the cook is who brings the food that's delivered to you. And, and so to think in terms of this, to not be uh, amazed at people and glory to people, but to see uh, them as just having a role, having a role. And uh, Paul's really going to take a step down from even that uh, badge of the apostle and show what this looks like. And if I can say it this way, it, it's just a servant. It's just a servant. And so I, I stand before you as a servant today in the midst of servants, in the midst of servants. We, we're all co-servants, if you will, or, or partner servants uh, in the message of the king. And this is not about how great we are, what position we play on the team, but rather uh, the message that we bring. And Paul's going to take 
uh, this beautiful picture before us as he and and by the way, um, they were accusing Paul of being high and mighty, of having mixed, if not bad motives in coming and sharing the gospel. And he says, no, you remember that we did not have bad motives. And now he's going to give us a picture of how he came, uh, how he came to share the message of Jesus. He says, we are gentle among you, gentle among you. Um, I, I knew a man who uh, owned a car dealership. And in fact, he trained people how to sell cars. And he said, you know, there were times, there, there were times where some of the cars that were out there were just junky and you, you kind of felt like you had to, to push them up against the car and then take their arm and then just keep twisting it until they would say, yes, I'd buy it. There, there's, there's the ways to do this. And he would talk about how if you had a bad product, it was difficult to sell. And you had to, he says, but, but now some of the cars he was selling, a particular brand of car, he says, now they almost sell themselves because as people get familiar with that, they, they want it. And Paul is describing that he didn't use tactics. He didn't come in pressure, pressure, pressure. He came in gentle, gentle among them. That was his tactic. That was his entrance as he shared the gospel. Gentle. Uh, what an amazing thing to uh, bring a life-saving message with a sense of urgency that they needed it so bad, but he came as he came gentle to them as he shared this important message. He says, "Gentle among them," and then he gives an example uh, that most all of us have seen and experienced. It's this. He says. We are gentle among you like a nursing mother taking her care of her own children. What a picture. What a picture. Now, he didn't say like a mom of a teenager, right? Right? Why? Why is uh, we, we can speculate on that, right? Those are rougher days, right? Those are rough days, and, and those are, are complicated days, and it's a different role for a mom, but... He points to those early days. I want to uh, point out a, a simple distinction, and then we'll get to the nursing mother, okay? Uh, it's the idea of uh, a, a young lady, a young lady with a baby, with a baby. Cherishing, feeding, uh, changing, and, and loving that little baby. Uh, in the scriptures, in the biblical times, and even today to some degree, uh, you can fill that role and that not be your child. They, there were hired slaves that were brought in as really nanny type, even for the smallest of infants, even to feed them. And they had a job. And, it, you know, what an amazing job, right? To be able to be with the little ones, uh, how many of you love just little babies, just love them and just would like to be with them all the time? Uh, I, I like them, but not so close sometimes. Like I get nervous. I get nervous around those little babies and I'll hold them and I like it, but I'm like nervous. I, I, it's kind of like the slingshot. I shouldn't be trusted, right? I shouldn't be trusted with the little ones. But the idea of these little ones, and there's something so 
fascinating and fabulous about them to know that their life has just begun and they're so fragile and they're so needy and they can't do anything for themselves. There's something uh, amazing and magnificent about that. And so to have a job where you get to hold babies and to take care of them and, and to even feed them, that would be a, a great thing. But as with any job, as with any job, there's a sense of uh, I'm doing this because it's my job. It's just my job. I get paid to do this. Uh, I I get the the sense of like you know there's a payday. There's a sense of reward. There's a sense of I get I have to fulfill this uh, job and then I'm done and then I'm done. And I want to tell you that uh, you will find that uh, there's a sense of mercenary to that, right? There's a sense where you, you're doing it for the money. I, I find it always interesting in professional sports that uh, they wear a jersey that says Cleveland or, uh, you know, uh, Golden State. And, uh, and, and we get all wound up that professional athletes would go and, and, and swap jerseys. It sounds crazy, doesn't it? I thought I was loyal to my team and I thought they were loyal to my team, but then they got more money and a better situation going over here and they left. And, you know, there's a sense of heartbreak in Cleveland when LeBron left. They burned his jersey. They had a big bonfires and then they were happy when he came back and they'll be mad again when he leaves. Like it, it's just one of those things. Why? Because there's, it's a job. And the reality is, uh, many things that we think are, but it's just a job. It's just a job. And, and the picture that Paul brings is the job of a uh, 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 kind of, um, I don't know how to say this well, but like a, a stand-in mom, a stand-in mom, a job. And we see the beautiful picture, but we realize that it's just a job. And he says, no, I didn't come like that, just like a nursing mother. But a nursing mother with her own children. This, this idea of own, it's the, the idea of beloved or, or special or only child. Only child. It's that, it's that idea that it's that young mom with her first baby and she loves it so much and she's so committed to it. I, I'm always amazed that uh, I've watched my wife do this and I've watched some of you. Uh, the beautiful picture of taking care of uh, a little baby. You're tired. You're tired. You're sick. The idea of having kids costs you. And you say, what does it cost you? And I want to say, a lot. In a lot of different areas, right? First, they take over your body, right? They take it over. And they leave damage as they leave. Like they, 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 There's a sense of like, you know when you had kids. They, they, they take a toll on your body. And then even in the... 
uh, nursing process. Uh, you're giving again and the idea of saying that you're meeting their needs and as they cry and as they need to be protected and held. I, I, I know as a mom, there's a sense your back is hurting. You need sleep. There's a sense you're sick and all, all these things are coming together. And so a mom says, I'm done. And they take their baby and they set it aside and they go do whatever they want. No, they don't. They go and they go and they go and they give and they give and they give. And um, I've never heard an infant say this. Mom, I realize I've done a lot to you in the last couple of days. I realize you need some me time. And so I'll just I'll just chill out. I'll be good the next couple of days. You can do whatever you want. Just get back to me whenever you, you know, you're rested again doesn't happen that way. And Paul chooses this picture, this amazing picture. He says, I, as we came and we brought the gospel, it was like a gentle mom. A gentle mom. This is the idea of, as they were doing the Lord's work, they thought of it as a mother would think of their children. The, sacrif the sacrifice that a mom would make to fulfill the nurse role uh, to their children. And right now, I'd like you to consider uh, the picture that you have, the picture of your own mom or the picture of your wife or the picture of your daughter or, or the picture of wh whoever is closest to you to picture that and say that is the entry point of the gospel. That's the entry point of the gospel. That's the way you share the gospel. As a mother lovingly looks down at her infant child, that's the way you do it. It's not coming in and saying, stop it, stupid. You're so dumb that you don't understand Jesus. Like, what's wrong with you? It's not a shaking. It's not a punching or whatever. It's that loving picture of a gentle mom. So to consider that wife picture that you have right now, that, that mom picture that's stuck in your mind, and that's, that's the entry point of the gospel. That's how Paul came. And as we move on from this general picture, Paul and moms, I'll just say this, they do what's best for their child. Do what's best for their child. That was bouncing around my head when I got the slingshot, okay? They do what's best for their child. If you look down at this passage, it says this, um, but we are gentle among you like a, a nursing mother taking care of her own children. And he says, so that being affectionately desirous for you, we are ready to share with you the gospel of God. I want to camp on that. What were they, what, what was driving them? The gospel of God, the gospel, the good news message. And I want to tell you that, I want to stop here because you, you might miss it. You might miss it. That Paul went because of the message of Jesus. That's why he went. And why did he go? Because it was like a mom looking at this city and this town and these people who are lost and says, I know what's best for you. And what was best for them? Jesus was best for them, the good news message. And what? why? Because they were following another message that was not good for them. What should compel us? 
What should compel us with our children? What should compel us with our grandchildren, our co-workers, our, our neighbors, our extended family? What should compel us is that they're following the wrong message and it's not good news for them. It's not. It's a dangerous message. It, whatever that other message that they're following, whatever that other way of life that they're choosing, it's dangerous for them. And to call them and to say, I have a better message. It's the gospel. It is truly good news. And it's good news for you. Do you understand that? That it's not forcing your will. It's not, it's not, not even your message. It, it's, it's giving them what's good for them. And that's what moms do all the time. If you, you remember being sick and your mom giving you medicine that you couldn't choke down, right? Why did she do that? Because she was trying to torture you. No, it's because she wanted you to sleep well or she wanted you to get better. or uh, She knew that this was the path for you. And even as sometimes she did difficult things that made her weep, she did them for you. And to get this picture is that Paul, as he came to the city, he knew what was best for them. And what was it? It was the gospel. It was the gospel. And back to what we talked about uh, with those words, apostle, prophet, uh, deacon. This idea was that it was not just uh, a gospel that Paul had made up. It was God's gospel message that was not from uh, himself, but was invented by God. It was uh, the Father's plan, the Father's plan, uh, his strategy, his uh, plan that was going to be worked out in generations, first in Jesus and then for us. Uh, he, it was his message. And so as we come, we don't call people to ourselves. You need to be like mom and dad. You need to be like grandma and grandpa. You need to be like me. It's not being like me. You need to follow after the plan of the one who made us all. Plan of the father worked out in the son. This is what we call them to. And we know that it's best for our hearers, whoever they may be. Paul and moms uh, do what is best for the children. And so as we share, to know that the gospel is best for our hearers. Thirdly, um, Paul shares this and he says this. In verse 8, uh, he said, So uh, being affectionately desirous of you, we are ready to share with you uh, not only the gospel of God, but our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. Paul and moms give that which costs them. And, and I, and I want to say a cost. It, Paul says to them, he says, we gave you two things, two things. Gave you the gospel. We gave you ourselves. Gave you ourselves. And uh, in the, mixed in that, you want to hear this too. At the beginning of verse 8, uh, he says, um, affectionately desirous of you. And then at the end, he says, because you had become very dear to us. What was driving 
them. And, and I realized that Paul probably didn't know these people before he got there. But as he got there, and as he began to speak the gospel to the city and to these people, guess what happened? He loved them. He loved them. He loved them. And the more he shared, the more he wanted to share. Why? Because he loved them. And and what happens is is the math problem, right? Uh, it happens for you as moms too. You you say uh, it's going to cost me something. What's it going to cost me? Well, what if it costs you your health? What what if it costs you your health to be a good mom? You say, well, is it worth it? And you say, yes. What if it costs you money? You know, kids are expensive. I heard. Bozos are loaded this week, by the way. We're loaded this week. Three three boys, three men going to camp. You know how much food that's going to save us this week? Amazing. Um, kids cost money. It's going to cost you. And, and Paul makes this important distinction that he says, uh, we're willing to pay it. We're willing to pay it. And not just pay it in a sense of writing a check, but he says he gave them himself, himself. I want to tell you that what is the cost or what is the method? It's the giving of yourself. It's not for a paycheck. It will cost you. And you say, well, what will it cost you? It'll cost you all kinds of things. One of the greatest difficulty for us is to, to not give of ourselves. We'll do a task. We'll, uh, you know, we could change a diaper. There, you know, there's different ways to change a diaper, by the way, right? When you, when you change a diaper and you love that kid, it's different than when you change a diaper just to get through the task, right? I don't want to describe that to you any more than that. I'll just leave it at that, okay? It's the idea of the inconvenience. It's the idea of your heart being behind it. It's the idea you're doing it out of love and not out of duty or paycheck. It's this idea that you care for the one that you're trying. And so you're giving of yourself. I want to tell you that, that this comes in many different shades. Many different shades. Uh, I remember for my mom, uh, one of the things that she did for me that as I grew older is she listened to me. She listened to me. And I had all kinds of crazy thoughts. I had things that went out in my day that were boring and insignificant. But my mom would listen. It's the idea not just of listening, but of thinking. I'm amazed at uh, um, my wife and the way she thinks of our kids and considers them. And when they're struggling, she's struggling in her mind regarding them. She's giving of herself. It's the idea that Paul makes the distinction between a nurse that's just paid and the nurse that's doing it for the, the love of their kids. She, he makes this distinction because it, when it's your job, you get to a point where you said, that's not my problem. I, I'm I'm off in 10 minutes. I'm going to wait this out and then it'll become somebody else's problem. 
you're not concerned about the outcome. And Paul was talking about his love for this church. And I'd say it this way, you know, some of you have gotten these tourist t-shirts that says, I left my heart in San Francisco. Really, most of the time, you leave your wallet in San Francisco. I've been there. It's very expensive. Uh, but uh, uh, the idea of leaving your heart, it's that, that Paul says, I left my heart with that church in Thessalonica. I love them. And because I love them, I was desiring their best. Because I was desiring them their best, I left them two things. The gospel and my own self. It cost me. As we tie up our time here, I have three things for you um, that will hopefully be helpful for us to think about as we consider this passage. And next week, uh, we're going to talk about his second example of how he came. Uh, The three things go like this. First of all, that this is ministry philosophy and method. Philosophy and method. You you say, well, how should we do church? Should we go to a seminar? Should we? How How do we go about doing what God wants us to do here? I want to tell you. The gospel, and we give of ourselves. Give of ourselves. I'm always uh, amazed that sometimes uh, there's these beautiful pictures that I see that even the people who paint the walls here, you know what? They love this church, and they're doing it because they love this church, and they're desirous for this place to grow and for you all to grow. I I love seeing our our Sunday school teachers as they give. I love to see people as they sacrifice because they desire for the growth of people here. Not that we would just grow in numbers, but that people would grow to love and be equipped, ready to go to be the church. It's a ministry philosophy and method. I want to tell you in your homes, be careful. Be careful not to just give the right answer. Give the right answer, the gospel. Give it and give it often but also give of yourselves. Give of yourselves. Um, And real quickly, how you give of yourself uh, is to teach through your mistakes, right? If the gospel is the gospel of grace, and it is, you don't tell people how awesome you are and how you did everything right, because that's not true. That's not true. That's a lie, okay? Okay. But as you give of yourself, you're willing to share and to walk with people and say this. I've needed God's grace here. I I fear over here. I'm nervous over here. I I failed him over here. And he is the one that I've needed. That's a great message for your kids and grandkids to hear over and over and over again. Give of yourselves. Put yourself out there. Secondly, uh, Loving and the giving of self was what Jesus did. Loving and giving himself of himself is what Jesus did. This was uh, his method as well. As you, you think about his ministry, uh, he didn't uh, uh, preach sermons and then go hide somewhere. He didn't give right answers and then retreat and not speak with people. He walked with people. Uh, John 1 tells us that he came and he set his tent up in our midst, right? That he came to be a part of us. This was Jesus' method as well. The idea of giving us the message of himself and also uh, loving uh, and, and presenting himself. And thirdly, I'll just say this. Church ministry is risky business. To care about others is risky business. And you, you, some of you are saying right in your mind right now, you're saying, I'm willing to give money, 
I'm willing to even give right answers. I'm willing to accomplish a task or a list. But I want to tell you, that's not what the gospel presentation is all about. It's to give of yourself. And I want to tell you, it will cost you. It will cost you. You say, well, I might be embarrassed. Yes, you will. It might, come, it might not come in your schedule. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. It might cause you to be uncomfortable. Yes, that too. It might cost you money. It might cost you your health. It might cost you all kinds of different things. But the purpose is that you would give yourself to others, those who you desire, those who you love, those who you, the ones that you desire to be His. This is what it is to share. Please join with me in prayer as we ask that God would make this true of us. God, we, uh, we need you. Uh, I'm intimidated by this process, even as Paul uh, uses this amazing example of a mom, a beautiful picture with that little infant that needs her so desperately, and she lovingly cares for them. What a picture for us as we share the gospel, as we are a part of your ministry. God, I pray that we would value it as such. God, so often we, we say, well, I would be coming part, be a part of that, but I'm busy doing other important things. And God, I just ask that you would help us to treasure your gospel in a, a way that would compel us uh, to live this way, the gospel and ourselves that we would give to people. God, make this true in our church. Give us the strength to do so. Glorify yourself in our midst, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today. You are dismissed.